Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, I hope you're ready to absorb some knowledge because today's episode is full of it. Our guest asked if we thought our listeners would be interested in reducing stress, anxiety, and indecision while planning a wedding in a post-COVID, Pinterest-fueled world. I said, I'm interested in hearing that topic, and let me tell you, it was awesome. Our guest is Kate Lemos-Brown, a wedding designer and coach and the co-owner of Love Well Weddings, a wedding planning and photography company out of central New York. She and her husband, Ty, have been in the wedding industry for over a decade, exclusively working with couples to create unique, timeless, and meaningful celebrations of marriage. Kate is a proud mother of two, and they have a lovable pup, Charlie Parker. Now, of course, I want you to listen to the entire episode, but I encourage you to check the show notes right now for the special link that Kate has included as an exclusive for our listeners. It's her patent-pending, wedding-planning, decision-making worksheet that is unlike anything I have ever seen or heard of before. We talk about it at the end of the episode, but right now you can go to thelovewellmethod.com slash your-i-do-crew to check it out. ...in common with each other too, so I think you can have your own individual loves you know, yeah. and then come back together. And of course, our our differences can be such a good drawing point of keeping it's life exciting. <laughs> it's true. It is. We found that so much that, and I've found with couples that are very, that have a very strong relationship is that they recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses and mm-hmm. where they have overlaps and where they have deficits. Mm-hmm. And being very aware of those really makes the, the marriage work very yeah. well. Yeah, um, I think I think being able to articulate them too, you know, mm-hmm. to actually intentionally sit down and say, "Hey, this is what I'm really great at. It's what I love to do. These are things that fuel me and excite me. Um, here's where I struggle. Here are things that you know just don't love to do, or I'm not really not good at. You know, to be mm-hmm. able to articulate your own um, side of things and for the other person to do that as well. Um, I think that can be such a great exercise in in marriage, just in general, or any relationship, really. Um, yeah. I think when we start to talk about some of those things, instead of, uh, I guess, to identify them, you know, to be intentional, um, I think really helps because then you say, oh, I see that person struggling. They don't even have to articulate it because I know this about them. I see mm-hmm. them struggling and that's someplace I can really help or I can come in strong and, um, you know, be their partner in something that they're trying to accomplish or, um or maybe trying too hard. <laughs> to come in. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Sure does. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's an element of of know thyself in that mm-hmm. as well. If if you don't know what your strengths and, and weaknesses are, or what it's not a weakness, it's a, a growth opportunity. Sure. If like you that. don't know what your own are, then you can can't really uh, express them as well. And then again, communication has to go both ways. It does. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so much of the the knowing thyself, um, which I love, and I'm a person who tends to do that naturally, and I know not everybody mm-hmm. does, um, but in taking those opportunities, man, marriage refines you. 
doesn't it? Like it will mm-hmm. refine you and refine you. And I think the yeah. more interested <laughs> we are in the other person, we feel their interest in us. And you can kind of take it an interest in yourself and and that you know personal reflection um, to be able to. Um, serve the other person even better. You know, when we know ourselves, we can know that other person even better. Um, you know, and then the whole unit thrives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This got really deep really quick. Hey, hey, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. So you said you were in New York. Now, are you originally from New York? I am from Syracuse, New York, the area. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, through theater. And actually, I told myself I wouldn't move to New York City without a husband and an equity card. (laughs) (laughs) And that plan did not go accordingly. Um, My Two of my girlfriends from college were moving and they said, hey, it's a three bedroom. You're coming with us. Um, So I ended up meeting Ty in New York City. He's originally from Kansas, the middle of Kansas. And somehow we met each other in the midst of 8 million people. Actually, now it's 9 million, but... (laughs) 11 years ago. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of our story. So the, the girl from New York finds the country boy and. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, please tell me he has like a really quaint accent. No, not really. He's pretty neutral. Every once in a while, he'll say a couple of things. Now my in-laws, on the other hand, they have, uh, they have their little, just little ones, little ones like mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, or yeah. Monday. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We have a little bit of a rivalry because um, uh, we're like a house divided when it comes to college basketball. It's the only thing we disagree on. But um, Mm -hmm. I do love the Jayhawks, but I am, I do bleed orange. So we have a little (laughs) little bit that comes there um, from the Kansas and and New York thing. But but Mm -hmm. for the most part, um, you know, he was, he was really a city boy you know, nestled in the country. He really was. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, and and then you guys came together and now you've got this new adventure with the businesses together. Oh, I love it. I love when a couple comes together to make a business. It yeah. doesn't always work, but. It doesn't always work. No, but our background was already collaborating. So between mm-hmm. the music and the theatrical and the, all of these things, I was writing a lot at the time to um, trying to try my hand at playwriting. I was writing mm-hmm. a lot on the road at the time. Spoken word was really huge. Um, mm. So I was, you know, writing my own pieces and he was recording them and, you know, this natural collaboration happened. Um, and so I think that just goes through everything in our life. It's how we do business. It's how we walk our couples through the planning process and the client experience with Lovewell. Like it's just how we do life. So we co-parent, we co-work, we go, co all the things. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been beautiful for us. We, we love it, but, um, yeah, it's not, it's not for everyone. (laughs) No, (laughs) but in that way you can lead by example again with your couples that you work with, with the, the co- co-planning and co-everything. Yeah. yeah. It really, togetherness uh, is such is such a powerful thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we were, can't speak for Ty, but myself was, I, you know, I was brought up to be very independent person. Um, mm-hmm. And in the performing atmosphere, you know, you, you depend on yourself, you depend on yourself to perform. Um, you know, you make your own business as an actress. So, you know, I, I did that 
uh, for a handful of years and refined how to do that, et cetera, and um, really took taking Thai and uh, getting refined by marriage to really realize that this together thing, you know, yes, we naturally collaborate, but to really intentionally choose choose each other, to choose the marriage if you can't choose each other. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. to you know, keep that relationship front of mind. Um, you know, it can it can get hidden pretty quickly inside of business, you know, so yeah. our, our business, you know, works a little differently than our home does and our marriage mm-hmm. does and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But um, the, the continual collaboration of togetherness and just how powerful a unit two people coming together with those strengths and weaknesses, with those, you know, even deficits, you know, and these amazing things that they can accomplish together as two imperfect beings, um, I just think is one of the best things of life. It is. It really is. And I, I liked what you said about when you can't choose each other, choose the relationship. I, mm-hmm. I love that. I work with couples sometimes. Uh, one of the things I do is I help them write their own vows. Yeah. And so I coach them on that. And so they mm-hmm. send me their first draft and I'll help them refine it. And something that I always see that I always, I, I'll say nudge. I gently mm-hmm. suggest, I never dictate what their vows should say, sure. but they, a lot of them will say, I vow to always put your happiness above my own. Mm-hmm. And I always take issue with that. And I say, no, you should, you should seek to put the health of the relationship above either of your personal um, selfish desires, mm-hmm. you know, seek to to create that harmony, but don't try to put someone else's happiness above your own. That, you know, that can get into some really toxic territory very quickly. Absolutely. But if you seek to subdue like the selfish, then you can put the health of the relationship forward. Oh, absolutely. And and I think you tap into something with happiness. You know, you're, you're planning a wedding, you're coming into this highlight of your life. You know, mm-hmm. even being a newlywed is still, you're totally on a high. Oh, yeah. But hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, of course, you know, in this, this happy time, you know, which is, you know, can be a little deceiving because not everything that happens in wedding planning is happy. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you're generally in a really happy season for the most part. And you think about, oh, I just want this person to be happy forever. And I want to be happy forever. And if we make each other happy, then we'll be good. You know, we'll be good forever. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get into marriage, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just part of growing up, but happiness doesn't seem to be as important to me any longer as something like contentment and mm-hmm. um, fidelity and mm-hmm. these uh, these deeper fibers that get woven over time as you choose each other. And then when you can't choose each other, choose a relationship um, and that the the marriage does some kind of awesome bonding that totally transcends happiness. You know, happiness seems Absolutely. like, you know, just surface to me now. You know, where when mm-hmm. I was getting married 11 years ago, it was like the happiest time of my life and I want to be this happy all the time. And, you know, I look back and I'm like, oh, I love that happy time. But happiness, you know, the definition has kind of changed for me as as we've grown through the years and and realize there's some things that are um, uh, that uphold our vows a little bit stronger, a lot of bit stronger than just happiness would have. Absolutely. Well, I think with happiness, there's that image or that view that it's almost like giddiness where it is that sort of superficial, surficial thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I love what you're, what you're saying. And I think that it's like you said, contentedness. I think of, I for me, I think of it as fulfilledness is mm-hmm. that yeah. so much more fulfilled. Um, the longer the relationship goes, I know my wife and I have been together for 20 years. Yes. Um, 
and it's every year is that much more fulfilling, you know, mm. and again, in a, in a healthy, strong relationship, it, it should be that way. It should be more fulfilling. Not every day right. is the happiest day of my life. Yeah. You know, we, we have a four-year-old. There are a lot of days that we're not yeah. happy. <laughs> you know, we're, we are compromising, we are working, yeah. but we're always fulfilled. And that's the, the key thing. I think one of the things that comes from that, you can hear it in your voice, um, and hopefully you can hear it in mine, is that I think that it's easier to just be in love with my husband um, because of this fulfillment, this contentedness, this um, you know, this deep relationship that we have uh, over the years. You know, before you know, we were newly married. Of course, I was madly in love with him, but mm-hmm. it was it was what you would anticipate. It was stereotypical. It was the in love, you know, gush. Um, and now it's just become this like steady um, in love thing, and it's just you, you forget about staying in love with your spouse um, because it'll mm-hmm. change. It's just a little. It has little different context, a little different feel than it did when we were engaged. Um, but wow, yeah, it is so much more fulfilling to be in love mm-hmm. now. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's, and I don't want any, any, um, any folks who are engaged to, to think that we're throwing shade at you at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, being in love in that first, that, that whirlwind romance, you know, is absolutely amazing. And that lays a lot of foundation for the it way does. that the love can grow. And especially mm-hmm. if a couple is doing all the right things with, you know, trust, respect, communication, mm-hmm. those are laying the groundwork for what becomes such a, a really deep, incredible relationship. And, and as you said, the it's it's different and it it it's like a fine wine. It matures and ages very well. Yes. <laughs> I'm aging perfectly well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a different conversation altogether. Four year old, but <laughs> yeah, I think my my bones might say a different story. But but I love the one thing that you said, and I kind of want to segue into what you had you had sent me as a topic because you had said, and I love this. Not everything in the planning process is happy, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it can be really stressful and it can be really intense. And I loved your, your idea, relieving stress, creating a plan for decisions and, and overcoming indecision in a Pinterest fueled world. I love this so much. I love this so much because planning when you're, you're so inundated with everything from every corner, you've got wedding magazines, wedding websites, you've got Instagram, you've got Pinterest. You, we're just constantly under the, under, um, underwater it feels like sometimes Uh with wedding inspo you know Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes not very inspo sometimes it's very stressbo yeah (laughs) it's so it's so overwhelming and i think it's you know we're constantly sensitized you know, oversensitized. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, I have some days where I get on the other side of work and I don't think I have a brain cell to my own. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's none, le- there's nothing left. <laughs> I've just been so <laughs> sensitized and, and overly so. And, and, the wedding planning process can be very fun. You know, you're riding on that high of being in love. Now you're engaged and now you're planning to do this wonderful thing and it's supposed to be the super high of your life. And so I think everyone's eager, you know, they're eager getting Mm -hmm. into it. And they're like, great, I want to check out this thing. And then there's a rabbit hole, man. It leads you to this link and then over to this image and then this person's page and then this Pinterest feed. And, you know, you're all over the place and you could be only a half an hour and you've gotten into 17 different worlds and you don't know which way to turn. Um, So I think, 
you know, first off recognizing that, you know, when you're engaged, you're entering into this world that has existed without you. No offense. It's existed mm-hmm. without you. It's going <laughs> a mile a minute. It is a speedy world. It has its own language. It has its own behaviors and etiquette and resources and and visuals and all of these things that are particular to this wedding world. And you've never been in it before. And even if you have, it probably looks different now than it did before, right? So it's this mm-hmm. ever-changing world. You're flying into it full speed ahead, and it is taking you by storm. And so I, I think... I always encourage people when they're first engaged to just be engaged. It's just nice to like take that in before you're flying into wedding planning. But when you start into wedding planning, there's this, you know, a a hope that people might pace themselves a -hmm. little bit. But there are tons of stressors, you know, there's the the constant questions from Aunt Susie or so-and-so, you know, <laughs> just, the, what are you doing for your wedding? What's the date? Have you planned it yet? What do you know? How do, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so this hyper sense of, okay, I have to have everything figured out right now. Everything's urgent. Everything's important. I need to make mm-hmm. all the decisions right now is that is super overwhelming in addition to this world that you don't know anything about. And that's overwhelming. So being paralyzed in this decision-making process is no surprise. I mean, how could you not be? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I love what you said about taking time to just be engaged before you jump into the wedding planning, because all too often, I think nowadays, we conflate the two of them. If you Mm -hmm. are engaged, you must be wedding planning. But it is so much more healthy to be able to take that time and to say, you know, we've taken this step in our relationship. What is that mean? What does that feel like for us before you start in this gigantic project, which I would say rivals house building? Yes, absolutely. I mean, truly. Truly. And I think, you know, one thing I try and tell our couples and and prepare them and coach them towards is this uh, planning a wedding is project work. It is fun. It is exciting. Mm. There's stuff going on that is going to be memorable and wonderful and beautiful and all the gushy words. But honestly, when it comes down to it, it's a lot of regular old project work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's like not sexy anymore, right? You're like, oh, okay. That's all it is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We got, we need to break out the Gantt charts and we need to break out the pie charts and make sure that our workflows are synchronized and vertical integration. Yeah. No, it takes all the romance out of it, doesn't it? It sure does. And And that's hard for me to to talk my couples through. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, they also come into it wide-eyed thinking it's all going to be roses and rosé all day. And mm-hmm. it's not. It's it, it's it's subject to the same real life that our real life is. And yeah. I, I realize that when they aren't really aware of that, that they get disappointed so much more often. They're hurt even, you know, or Mm -hmm. walk around with these little pricks and wounds of of stuff that didn't go right, or it wasn't how they wanted it to be, or, you know, the the process is harder or more dramatic than they expected. Um, So I think taking some time to really, you know, take in what it actually is. So it Mm -hmm. is beautiful and it can be hard work and Mm -hmm. it can be unsexy and it can be thrilling at the same time. It's not an or thing and it's not, you know, in its own vacuum where it doesn't get 
touched by real life. Yeah. Well, and I think that, like you said, it, they, they can get wounded because you fall farther if your expectations are are wrong. And yeah. if you're, you, when your expectations are so high and it's going to like, I've led roses and rosé all day. I like that. <laughs> you know, get that on my wall here. Um, <laughs> so if that's their expectation, then it comes down to this, you know, again, very systematic, methodical project work. Absolutely. They're going to have a harder time with that. Yeah. And it, it will be overwhelming. And, and yeah, that's, that's such a challenge. So how do you, how do you address that? I mean, obviously you, I mean, from the get go, you just try to give them the, give them the straight story. Yeah. I think it's giving a straight story. You know, I'm, I'm there to do the heavy lifting when it comes to our, our clients. So, Mm -hmm. um, I do find though, that the navigating through the decision-making is huge. That is literally my biggest job. It's not Mm -hmm. designing a custom, you know, wedding design just for them. That is the super fun part. It's my favorite part. (laughs) But it's not just that. Really, I think I am more there to coach and help navigate because it's not just the the wedding day. There's so much in the journey that gets revealed. You learn a lot about your Mm in-laws, a lot. You know, just starting there. You got Too two much. families, two, you know, two different sides of dynamics and expectations. And, you know, your parents have been thinking about your wedding day far longer than you have, you know, mm-hmm. so they come along with their own stuff and it all gets revealed. You know, and we don't even think to talk about talking about things, you know, how Mm -hmm. to talk about things. We don't ever have those conversations. And that's something I encourage them to do right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about with each other, talk about how you want to talk about things, how often Mm -hmm. you want to talk about things and extend those conversations out to those who are going to be involved in the process or who are going to be contributing. And um, I think by having some of those real conversations, it kind of gets them done on the early side. And then you don't get exposed to all the extra dashed expectations. And this person wanted this thing or this opinion over here because you haven't had any talk around talking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when couples walk into that, they kind of get a lot of it out of the way. They get aired out. They understand each other better and understand their relationships or their close relationships around them. And that kind of gives like this neutral uh, starting place. And Mm -hmm. I feel like then the fun can happen so much more often. The beauty is back. The, you know, the joy can come out more. Um, And then you can kind of proceed with this, you know, decision-making you know, because that's all wedding planning is. It's just a whole bunch yeah. of decision making. <laughs> a whole bunch over and over. A whole bunch. <laughs> now, it's such a great point, though, laying the groundwork for that. And then, and I love when you talk about sort of casting the net wider to all those who are going to be involved in the decision making and laying that groundwork, building those tools and, and deciding, okay, we're going to check in with the parents on a, a monthly basis, no more frequently than that. Or if the parents are going to be more involved and maybe, you know, every couple of weeks or, or anything like that. Right. But, but building those expectations from the beginning, it can, like you said, eradicate so much stress and, and hurt feelings because people so, can sometimes get their feelings hurt when they're not uh, consulted enough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and there's, um, you know, you're, you're learning each other, you know, you're learning I and mean, mm-hmm. you're still lots of times you're still a relatively new relationship, but you're definitely a new relationship when it's coming to across, you know, families. 
and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to understand expectations and boundaries and that kind of stuff. I mean, if you, if you don't take this opportunity inside of engagement to establish some of those things, guess what happens on your first Christmas together? Guess what happens when kids are involved? Guess what happens when you want to move into a different house or any number of things that come along the way? If you haven't established a a way to communicate, if you haven't established uh, boundaries and, um, you know, your own values and particulars, it, it can get really dicey real fast. It, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. There's, you know, generally we hope that family is a good emotional experience for people. But the thing about family is that they know all your weak spots too. They know how to inflict the most damage with the most, just most cutting remark. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Sort of building those, those support structures and, uh, I don't want to say armor, but but it is kind of putting those in place so you can you can deal with that. So that's oh, what a great first step. And so then as you're coaching them in the decision making, what do you usually say is sort of the next step from there? I think for indecision. So if we could have mm-hmm. like a little a bit of approach of indecision. When it comes yeah. to decision making, you know, I'm I'm really priority led. So mm-hmm. I walk them through finding their priorities and and that kind of stuff. So we we do some particular work before we get into laying any plans in place all of that stuff. So, so, um, but one of those things I, f- I feel like comes for my clients and for those that I might just be coaching or really anybody going through this engagement and wedding planning process is what to do with indecision mm-hmm. because it can just be so paralyzing. Yeah. You know, it can be a result of perfectionism, of mm-hmm this fear of making the wrong decision. There's a lot of that, you know, oh my yeah. gosh, I, I, what if I don't know enough and I make the wrong decision? What mm-hmm. if um, I decide something, but, you know, two weeks later, a new thing comes out and I wish I did that, right. you know, um, there's anxiety, procrastination, comparison, there's wedding fatigue, there's analysis mm-hmm. paralysis. There's like all of these things that keep us from uh, deciding well. And yeah. um, even, like we were talking about earlier, all the angles that you're getting it from too Mm -hmm. can just be paralyzing. So, you know, one of the things is going into that place of knowing yourself well enough to identify that you are overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and then saying, okay, what do I need right now? I got it. I got to take it back into me. What do I need right now to overcome the overwhelm so Mm -hmm. that I can be in a better place just to make this decision. Because I think we strive through the indecision, the symptoms of indecision, the, all the stuff we strive through it. And we don't just mm-hmm. stop in in our overwhelm to say, ah, I'm overwhelmed <laughs> right now. I need yeah. to take a minute, you know? And mm-hmm. that can come in all different ways, you know, whether it's just going for a run. I'm not a runner, so that wouldn't be me. But um, (laughs) whether it's, you know, meditation, journaling, just being quiet for a while, whether it's doing something fun and just getting some juices flowing, um, Mm -hmm. just realizing that then I feel like you're in a place to identify a couple other smart things, but it's almost like you can't get there if you're just too overwhelmed. Um, So the next step I would say is to define how urgent uh, the decision is. So this is really helpful because I have a lot of couples come to me freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Never. 
<laughs> put it kindly. Um, but, you know, they're freaking out because this thing came into their inbox and now they feel like they don't know what to do and this person needs this, but this person said this and they're confused mm-hmm. and they're overwhelmed and all of this stuff, you know, so we got to take that step back. We also have to identify, you know, the source of the freak out, right? Is it mm-hmm. just that you need to make a decision or is it that you're confused or is it that a person's putting pressure on you that you don't want, that kind of stuff? Then we really yeah. need to identify how urgent the decision is because really everything with wedding planning, because it's an important event, feels important. It feels like every decision is so important and it mm-hmm. is to a certain extent, because it's an important event in your life. But there are some decisions that are more important than others. So you do need to identify, okay, where is this on the scale of importance? And then Mm -hmm. how urgent is it? And that's really what helps people out a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. They're asking me to make this decision, you know, by the 15th, I have two weeks. Oh, I need to make this decision before you know, the three month mark. Oh, great. We're nine months out, right? Mm -hmm. Realizing how much time you have for the decision, even if they need to make it, need you to make it by day's end, Mm -hmm. you need to be realistic on, can you, can you find the time? Can you feel okay making the decision? excuse me, this decision by the end of the day. Um, Mm. But I think identifying that right off the bat, people say, okay, freak out can hold. I realize it doesn't have to happen today. I can give it more space or I have five hours. We can handle this. It it Mm -hmm. sets, you know, it sets that pace for the indecision. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And and that goes hand in hand with the like you said, taking the time for the self-care and taking the time to pace and to make sure that that you're in the right headspace to be able to even make the decision. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all our decisions, you know, they, we can be differently centered as people, you know, we can be a head centered, heart centered, gut centered type Mm -hmm. person. Um, However, the decision usually does come down to your brain saying, ah, yes or no, this thing or that thing. Um, You know, and, and I, I suggest not making decisions on your own, especially if they're ones that stress you out. Mm-hmm. You know, so since I'm a huge togetherness advocate, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I really feel like couples planning together, um, when they do, there is less of this freaking out because it doesn't yeah. feel so stressful to one individual to mm-hmm. make a decision that's going to at least affect the other person, if not affect their whole guest list, affect their, you know, VIPs. It, it affects more than just them. So every decision usually feels a little heavier, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's one that causes that overwhelm or that freaking out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and when you put all of the stress onto one person and that person, it, it doesn't feel fair and it can cause resentment too. Truly can. And, you know, I think, you know, I've been, I've been working with couples intentionally for seven out of the 10 years we've been in business. Mm-hmm. And I realized in those first couple of years that the, this traditional bride led groom shows up technique that was going on it was <laughs> yeah. really really not for me i i just saw that the the person who was making the bulk of the decisions got closer to whomever they were making it with mm-hmm. so if it was me as their wedding planner and designer they got closer to me i'm thinking yeah. you need to get closer to that that person you're marrying <laughs> <laughs> go hang out with them for a while um you know if it was with their mom with their maid of honor um you know they 
they tended to get closer and closer because you spend an incredible amount of time planning a wedding. And yeah. wedding planning, if it's all decision making, then you're making decisions with another person. So mm. to me, the opportunity is making that with your fiance. You, you make that bond, you grow that relationship. As you make decisions together, you learn about each other more, you understand each other better, um, and you grow closer and you aren't strangers on your wedding day. You're building more scaffolding for your continued healthy relationship. Absolutely. And so if I find one person feels like they're really struggling, and because I work with couples, I don't find this as, as often. If they come to me and they're struggling, it's because the both of them don't know what to do because we've already built the behavior of you guys first, you know, mm-hmm. and then here I am, you know? Yeah. And so when they come together and they find that indecision, it's usually we go back to what I kind of create for them, which is their decision-making filter. That mm-hmm. that really helps guide in the indecision um, because we've already gotten to a place. If they are undecided or overwhelmed or freaking out about something, um, it's it's usually a big thing because we've mm-hmm. already pretty well taken care of the behavior of coming together um, as a unit first and you know, working through it. It's it's beautiful. I've seen couples just I I could just get to watch them grow. It's just such a beautiful honor that I have. <laughs> uh, just get to watch them grow into these like blossoming, awesome powerhouses. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So you're making me feel bad because I only really get to see them once or twice and then the wedding day. So Yeah, well, I spend <laughs> approximately 200 hours with my couple, so I really get to see them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So you said something about a decision filter. That yeah. is not a phrase I have ever heard before. So Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe I get to trademark it then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So this decision filter has helped so much because I, I create weddings based off of my couples, right? I get mm-hmm. to know them. We do lots of fun exercises for me to understand who they are, what they like, how to represent them in their wedding, which I know you get to do with your couples to help craft the ceremony and make mm-hmm. it unique to them. Because we we do that, I, I realize that for me to make good decisions for them on their behalf and not just put some blanketed general, you know, idea on top of them that I use for mm-hmm. every couple that right. I, I needed to kind of build a, a filter a, and idea, you know, a structure to help with the decision-making. So both for them and then for me, so that it guided everything, you know, the entire design process to create this wedding for them. And mm-hmm. so it's, I've been able to translate it for them, for couples I just coach and, um, and guide along the way. So, um, Breaking down the filter, mm-hmm. it takes identifying a few things first. So you really need to know your priorities. You need to know what matters most to you on the mm-hmm. journey and on the wedding day. If you have like a top three, I try to make it three, but it could be three to five. Any more than that, then nothing else is prioritized, right? Mm-hmm. So right. you know, you take these very main priorities. These are the non-negotiables. These are the things that absolutely must happen on your wedding day or else it won't feel like your wedding day. So you've got your priorities. Mm-hmm. Your vision to me is a little bit more um, the flow and feel of a day. It could... Mm-hmm. 
you know, it could embrace the whole weekend. It could embrace the the feel of the day, how you use your time, um, those kinds of things. Um, your budget, huge. That's your biggest yeah. limitation that you have. And if you don't know it well and aren't friends with it, then it's going to haunt you the whole entire journey. <laughs> so yes. make friends with your budget, but know it well. So that's a big piece of the filter. And then your style is a really big one. So that's, you know, how formal or informal, uh, indoor, outdoor, or some of those kind of general, you know, things, but it could be rustic, it can mm-hmm. be romantic, modern, contemporary, you know, all these fun buzzwords that we use to define our style. Mm-hmm. Um, and those those items create this filter. So when you know the answers to those questions, that when you have a, a, an item that comes to you to make a decision, you put it up against that filter. So this decision comes in, you put it up against your priorities. It's in line with your priorities. Then you'd move on to your vision. Oh, it's in line with your vision, your budget. Ding. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> that happens <laughs> a lot. You get, their budget, you get to style. And, you know, if, if then it matches up with everything, then you're, it's an easy yes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, okay. That made the decision for us. Okay, great. It's totally in alignment with what we're doing, the goal that we have set before us, our vision. We're good to go. It's a, it's a yes. You know, if it's a no on any one of those items, then it's just taking a deeper look. You know, if it doesn't fit in your budget to start, is it now a higher priority item? And something mm-hmm. that you're willing to compromise something else to get. Um, because budget is just a trade, you know, you have yeah. to work within your means, but it's just trading. So, you know, when you're when you pull it up against this decision filter, then you're able to get down to the bottom of it. If it, if one of those is a no, you say, Okay, now what? You know, and then you mm-hmm. kind of guide through that decision and and you kind of get to the end of it. That's so cool. I love that it's a step by step that you can you can put it up against you know real quantifiable. Um, I don't want to say a rubric, but kind of like yeah. a rubric, and you can use that because that does that takes so much of the the heart wrenching work out of it for the couple because they want everything to be lovely and perfect, but it can be so hard to look at something from a holistic sense. Whereas if you can go boom, 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 boom. Nope. Just four. Okay. (laughs) If you can check, check mark all those boxes that make so much sense. And then, like you said, your priorities might evolve as certain decisions get made. And so to always be aware of if the budget evolves, if the priorities evolve, how those things change, that can make this so much easier. That is, oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. And I've, I found too, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I totally got caught up with this because I'm a beauty lover. And so mm. I would see things when we were planning, I'd be, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, but that's beautiful. Oh, but I, oh, oh man, now I don't really know what do I want, you know? Mm. And it really does take sitting down together to work through some of those things. Because if I had had that filter, you know, I would have said, oh, well, that's beautiful, but that's not really our style. So that's just beautiful for somebody else. And yeah. I can appreciate its beauty, but no, it's not right for us. You know, this thing over here, yeah, that's much more in alignment with that decision filter. Cool. I got it. And it wouldn't feel like you were saying heart-wrenching. We have Mm -hmm. so many strings attached to all these decisions, all of these pieces. And it does get like 
this, like you're either tossed in the waves all the time or it's overly, you know, and I love emotions. I love them. I think they're Mm -hmm. so beautiful, uh, the whole (laughs) range of them. (laughs) But to feel the whole range of them every time you make a decision is absolutely exhausting. Um, And if you have a partner who is feeling the whole range of emotions and you're more pragmatic, like you guys, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you take a look (laughs) at a decision and, you know, the pragmatic one says, oh, well, duh. It's this mm-hmm. one, you know, and then the emotional one's like, well, I'm not really feeling it, you know, Yeah. <laughs> so the filter kind of helps you both be on the same page because you've already decided on your filter, you mm-hmm. know, so it puts you on the same page so that these, uh, you know, decisions can just be made a little bit, a little bit more effortlessly. Yeah, that's, and that is, and that's the awesome thing is that it, it's going to help the, it's going to help the relationship to, to not be put under stress by every little, you know, oh no, which design of silverware do we want? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And no relationship should be on the line when it comes to silverware. (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Or which, which pattern of paisley or something, you know, just obscenely obscure like that. I appreciate that you know what paisley is. I really do. (laughs) <laughs> you should see my collection of Paisley bow ties then. Oh, have... nice. <laughs> so that takes care of so many things for the couple. And then, like you said, just checkpointing on a regular basis of of where things are. And as those priorities are evolving, as budget is evolving, because it does, the budget always evolves. It does. It evolves. It, it's like an amoeba, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people have that top ceiling number. This is not a glass ceiling. You know, this mm-hmm. is a, a hard brick ceiling that you cannot break through what is that number and that's your comfort zone you know that's we cannot go over this this won't feel make us feel comfortable we won't be at peace with this number uh, Mm -hmm. or higher than this number that we know where it is everything inside of that can you know can trade and barter Mm -hmm. you know and and can find its flow and it it honestly you don't really 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 know how things land you can do a lot of projecting but you can't really know where it's going to land until you get those RSVPs back you know yes so it does it does change form and and being comfortable with knowing that I think is really helpful it is it is kind of like a, a home renovation you don't know what's going on until you open up the walls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I've watched too much HGTV lately. (laughs) This quarantine has not been good for my house's health. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. So after they go through this decision filter, what is then if something doesn't fit into the filter or something's really hard, is there what else do you do for them? Yeah. So sometimes with my couples, they're like, hey, Kate, we trust you. Can you just make this choice? That's the benefit of having a planner, a designer. So um, hey. that that can be really fun. But um, yeah. for and and I'm happy to do that mostly because, like I said, I, I'm able to get to know them so well that I I can see what the the best choice would be. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, you do get to those places where if something doesn't line up with the filter and you're still left in indecision. Mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, that's just a funky place to be and it's not comfortable for anyone. So to have uh, and something you can do um, is always really great. So I have a pro and con exercise that um, it, it's kind of more than just making a pros and cons list because I find those don't really help me unless I'm getting to the root of some of those things. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it walks you through some like pros and cons and all of that stuff. Um, but I... I love this one question so much. So I, I really encourage it. So it's just, it's simple. You just try on the decision. Try it on. 
just like try it on. You know, we can't go into fitting rooms right now with COVID. So you have to take everything home and you have to try it on at home and, mm-hmm. and you have a little, you know, you can see how you really like it before you bring it back to the store. Um, so similarly with the decision. So let's say you do have a little time to make this decision. You've been able to take the pressure off of yourself knowing, you know, you've got some time mm-hmm. and you and your partner at least dwindle it down. You know, let's say there were five options. Now there's just two, maybe three. Mm -hmm. Then you're able to say, okay, what if we just choose item one and just live with it for a day to see what it feels like? So we're committing loosely Mm -hmm. for 24 hours to this decision and we're going to try it on. We're going to bring it into conversation. We're going to imagine that this is part of the vision, the scheme of things, all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. We're just going to pretend it's real, walk it out and see what we feel on the other side. And I even suggest not checking in with each other in the meantime. Yeah. You know, just do it and, you know, set your time limit. And then, then when you hit that time limit, say, okay, what was that? What was that like for you? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that decision? Here's what I was thinking. And usually people can feel from there like, wow, I really like that. That sits mm-hmm. well with me. I'm at peace with it, or wow, I'm excited about it. Those are some good, you know, gauges. Um, and then there's the opposite. Well, I don't, I don't know if I loved it. Or there's always I'm indifferent, mm-hmm. and to me, that's not a good, you know, gauge. That goes on the, you know, on the spectrum of decline, yeah. you know. Um, and so I think you can sense, you know, once you've already tried it on, how you would like it if it really was your real decision. And mm-hmm. usually that does it for people. That's awesome. I love that. I've I've honestly not heard that that idea before. Again, something else you should trademark. Try it on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that might that might already be some previous use rulings out there. I don't know. <laughs> But but passing the filter to narrow down the choices, because, again, that's something that we've we've said is that there are so many choices, so much inspiration and people tagging people and things nowadays Mm -hmm. that to narrow it down to a few choices and then try it. I love that idea. Yeah. And it gives you a real sensation. And I I do love visualizing things. It really helps me to experience, um, you know, what things might be like. And I I very much practice that as I'm planning people's weddings, you know, as, as Mm -hmm. I, see it come to life in my mind and we put together the pieces, but even just the use of time and how things flow and where people go and all of those things, I visualize those. So when, you know, a couple is trying on this decision and, you know, if they could be totally true to themselves, if they could tap into that, you know, gut reflex, they might already have the answer. But there's so many things surrounding us at any given time that can just cloud it. And so mm-hmm. by trying it on, um, it, I I do, I find that people are like, have a lot of clarity as a result. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to use that in my day-to-day life now. And so my husband and I actually did it with um, naming our kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you oh. know, I done this with my couples and then um, I was like, you know what? Cause I, I love names. I just love mm-hmm. them. I mean. I could just write books just to keep making characters so I can name them. Um, I don't feel the same way about having that many children, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, we would bring down our list and we didn't want to, we didn't know the gender of our kids before they were born. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we didn't want to go into the hospital with like 
10 names, you know? So, um, so for like the weeks and months leading up to it, we would just try on different names and we would name our kid for the day or two days or a week or whatever we decided Mm -hmm. and just bring it into conversation and call the, the baby, you know, that name for the day mm-hmm. and see how we felt. And we were really able to bring it down pretty easily. Like, wow, I, I realized, you know, I I really like the name, but I don't really love the nicknames that come with it or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it doesn't roll off the tongue like I hoped it would or I don't like personally just I don't feel it, you know. So yeah. um, it was it was helpful to us and totally out of context way. Yeah, that's really cool. That That is uh, that's such a neat idea. And and again, applying that to, to so many different aspects of life. I'm going to yeah. use that when I try to figure out what I want for dinner from now on. It's amazing. <laughs> try it on. How will I feel if I get fast food? Bad. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, filter. <laughs> yeah. 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 That shouldn't make it past the filter. You're right. That's good. <laughs> Doesn't jive with my vision. Oh my gosh. Wow. Do you feel when you are working with your couples, do you feel that indecision surrounding the ceremony do you feel like that becomes in question or do you think when they're you know focused on the ceremony and and talking through it that that's not something they struggle with as much what do you find there definitely we we come into that with indecision with the ceremonies and what i guess the way that i've worked with them is similar to the way that you have is that indecision about something means that it's not resonating with them i always say that we, you know, the state of Ohio, because that's where we're based, mm-hmm. says that you have to say I do, and I have to say I now pronounce you. And aside from that, we can add what you want or not add what you don't want. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have sample ceremonies that we, you know, have a traditional um, classic um, settings with the different ceremony elements, you know, readings and a message and blah, blah, blah. You know, do you want to do those things? Do you not? And I say, you know, if they go back and forth and they just both kind of look at each other and shrug, then I say, okay, so doesn't make sense to you. Let's not add it. We don't want to throw fluff into the ceremony just to make it fluffy. Mm -hmm. We want it to be meaningful. We want it to be personal. We want it to be something that you remember. And so we go through and we talk about different ideas. You know, do you want to have a a traditional giving away? No, that doesn't really feel like you. Okay. Maybe we want to have all the parents stand up and give their, you know, support and blessing. Does that for all the parents? Oh yeah, we like that. Okay, cool. So -hmm. we do that. So just talking through different ideas, turning things on their sides. And then when I see that, because when I'm working with couples, I can see that moment that their eyes light up. Yeah. And then I say, okay, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that kind of, you know, early in our conversation, we talk about when we're engaged, we come into this like wild wedding world and we don't know which way is up. So I think a lot of people come in not feeling educated and prepared and, and don't really know what to do. So then the mm-hmm. result is indecision. And, you know, I think as you're talking, I'm just saying, oh, you've got your professionals, right? So Mm -hmm. I think getting to the point of enough decisions to get you to the right professionals, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. But leaning on the professionals to, to educate you, to guide you along the way, to help, you know, suss out what is the actual decision um, that they need from you and, you know, bringing you through the process. I think that's, you know, probably something that, you know, couples could really hear that encouragement and say, oh, right. Like these people who have been in the industry for this Mm -hmm. long, they're all in my team. So if I don't know what to choose when it comes to, you know, what time to do photography, oh, 
I could ask my photographer, you know, I don't know, you know, what it, what to do inside of the ceremony when it comes to whether we should have two readings or three readings, you know, well, mm-hmm. talk to your patient, you know? So, um, I think that that's, you know, just drawing from what you were saying, you know, hoping that couples can hear us encouraging that, you know, the people that they've put alongside them know a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. really can help them with some of their indecision. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, we are resources. And, and generally speaking, when I find a really heart led wedding professional never wants to dictate to the couple any choices, but we want to help guide and lead so that they're making the choices that are, you know, good for their filter, good for their vision and good for everything they want. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I, I know that couples really want to make decisions, you know, mm-hmm. it's just exciting, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a fun time and want to make the decisions. And for, for me, I am not a dictator planner and that is a great fit for some people. Um, but mm-hmm. for the people who are attracted to us, they like the collaboration and I, I want them to make the decisions, but I also give them the permission that if there is something that they really don't care about or that they want to be surprised by, mm-hmm. and they want me to make the decision for them, that that's what I'm here to do. And I think that so many people can turn to their professionals simply and say, hey, I really want to make most of the choices, but sometimes I don't know what the choice is or I don't know the best choice. And based on your you know, profession and your education and your experience, can you help guide me through this part? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's a really fair place to be in. It is. It is. And that's a, that's a strength of being able to to rely on the professional to offload that mental stress when there's something that, like you said, the couple wants to be surprised by or doesn't have all the background info to to make an educated decision. Relying on the professional is a strong power move in that case. Mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. absolutely makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about the indecision and the tools for decision making and so for narrowing it down. And then I love the I love the um, the try it on method. And I have a worksheet for your, you know, all your listeners. Ooh. That is my pros and cons exercise. Oh, yes. And oh, I have a, a URL. It would be the lovewellmethod.com forward slash your I do crew. And if you went there, that you would just be able to download it. Lovewellmethod.com slash your I do crew. So you're actually going to give our listeners this worksheet. Yeah. Your patented method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it patent pending? It's going to be pending. <laughs> okay, patent pending, not yet trademarked, but this here is the the original uh, broadcast date. So folks know that they can't steal that. Mm-hmm. So that is amazing. Yeah. And I just, I love that idea of letting it sit and letting it percolate. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. We need to to let an idea come to us or the decision settle with us. Um we need to take the pressure off, you know, if you're the bride and groom, yeah. they'll wait for you. <laughs> and if they don't, then I don't know if it was meant to be, you know, I think there's a certain element of letting go in all of this, that if the right decision doesn't feel right yet, maybe it's not the right time, or maybe it's not the mm-hmm. right thing you need to choose right now. So um, I think, yeah, letting that percolate, I know that's such a great word, always makes me want more coffee though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I was going to go with the, um, Earlier, we talked about how love ages like a fine wine. And I was going to say, let the decision ferment, but that doesn't sound quite as appealing. (laughs) No, I don't think that was it. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, percolate's way better. So we're going to put the link to that worksheet in the show notes so folks can click on that and go there. Um, or if they feel like typing out, they can type out thelovewellmethod.com. Thelovewellmethod.com. So they'll go to that and they'll check that out. And so the Love Well Method is your website as well? So it's brand new. And by the time this podcast launches, we will have hopefully and or well, anyway, we're set for um, mid-November to be launching uh, the Love Well Method officially. And the Love Well Method is just our our course on building a foundation for your marriage and for your wedding planning and helping couples coaching them through. That's exciting. So launching yeah. in mid-November. Yeah. So it's a, a five-year-old dream of mine. I actually launched a version of it that was an in-person workshop version of it. And uh, it just wasn't really sustainable. And now with the new technology and honestly being able to make space with my client work, it took me a while to do that since I booked so far out. So um, mm -hmm. really making the space just happened in 2020. Um, and, but the behavior of everyone else seeing the access that they have online, the ability to be coached and to get more education than they ever had before. Um, a planner is not right for everyone. And honestly, for most mm -hmm. people, the, the average wedding doesn't have a wedding planner. And, um, you know, they still need access to having the help and support and education needed because, like we said, it's an overwhelming world. You know, so if someone mm -hmm. could streamline the process and have this, you know, not just the decision filter, but the, you know, the principles of marriage and have some of these. I don't know, these things that we don't think to think about until we're really closer to, but they would have helped us all a long time ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have some of those yeah. things in place. Um, the, that's what we hope to do. So it's, um, we're starting off with a foundations course, which is, um, it's a combination of marriage planning and wedding planning. It's where we create that decision-making filter. And then a series of mini courses that are uh, they can attach to the foundations, which are the pillars of planning. And uh, mm -hmm. that's where we're launching in November. Outstanding. Exciting. So that is so cool. So if, so if you're listening to this and it's after mid-November 2020, first off, congratulations, you made it. Uh, and then <laughs> if you're listening to this, then you can go to thelovewellmethod.com to check all of that out. And then otherwise, they can look for you on Instagram at lovewell, right? Yeah, just boom, lovewell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that right there is the imperative advice to everyone. Just love well. That's all we need to do. Do it every day. So good. So I encourage everyone to check that out, to click on the link, to go and see and to check out your courses. And so before we wrap up, the last thing that I want to ask you is what is something right now in the midst of everything in the world that's going on that is refreshing your soul and bringing you joy? Hmm. Well, autumn in New York is really a wonderful and lovely thing. And um, mm -hmm. we're going on vacation to enjoy it for a few days as us little brownies are. Um, so that's really mm -hmm. exciting. Honestly, getting the Love Well Method out there, it's just been such a long time dream coming true um, that it's definitely put um, some spark into my life. And it's it's awesome. Oh, I'm so glad that's seeing something that you've been that has been percolating for a while. Finally, <laughs> finally come to fruition, when, especially when you start something and it fails, you know, it's mm -hmm. I mean 
whether it fails or the timing wasn't right, it still feels the same way. Um, and yeah. you know, getting to the other side of that to say, no, you know, I see this, I see the benefit, I see this helping people, and I really want to make it accessible for others, and I want to help them in that same way. Uh, it's to see that it can happen, and to see it actually happening uh, is one of those things where you're like, wow, you know. It doesn't just, you know, dreams come true after your wedding day, too. <laughs> yeah. <It's fun. laughs> Kate, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash your I do crew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I wanna get, I wanna get, I wanna get married. Music credits are as follows Song title, I Wanna Get Married, by artist D Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.